Welcome to Healing Your Families. This is Emily Penrod and I help you as parents go from frustration, stress, and overwhelm to calm, confidence, and joy so that you can achieve the quality of family life that you desire. I am so excited for our episode today. I have some really special guests. This is Juliette Owen Nuttall. She and her husband Daniel are fertility well-being practitioners and they have an amazing story and as with many cases it's it's our journeys, our struggles that lead us to our passions and our willingness to share with others. So Juliet, welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I had the opportunity to see your precious daughter and there's yes. a story about her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so do you want me to kind of give you the overview of our story? Oh, I'd love it. Yes. Okay. Please. It's quite long. <laughs> so I think for me, um, particularly, um, I was very career driven in my 20s and 30s and children were kind of at the back of my mind. It was like, like a, it was a, a one day thing. And I was focusing very much on, on my career being in, in a world. I, I, I like challenges in life. So I chose a very male dominated environment to be in. Um, I actually became a firefighter and I, um, that was an ultimate um, dream of mine to do that. And also at the same time, I had also trained to be a shiatsu practitioner, which is um, Japanese healing arts along with Chinese medicine. And so I had the two things going at the same time, um, pretty busy, but there was always this little nag in the back of my mind that something kind of wasn't quite right with my life and that wasn't quite aligned. Um, and I was always like trying to pursue something and always trying to get to that next level, that next level. But I got to a stage where I really kind of wasn't very happy with with my life even though externally it looked amazing you know I'd got my ultimate dreams I had known Daniel for a very long time anyway and um, I'd split up from a long-term relationship and we got together and he said you know I want children with you and I remember thinking well I had some major issues with my menstrual cycle anyway, and I hadn't menstruated for 10 years because I'd had eating disorders and I'd had a lot of mental health issues. And I remember thinking, well, I, I really don't know. You know, the doctors have kind of all, all, always said to me, you know, you probably won't have children because of the way your cycle is. And, you know, you've had all these issues. And so once again, I just put it to the back of my mind. I didn't really think too much about it. Um, and I was 36 at the time. But I was experiencing a lot of pain every month, a lot of issues. And 
Daniel um, said to me, you know, he's studied nutrition most of his life. He's been around nutrition since about age five. And he said to me, I think you need to make some changes to your diet. And I thought, what do you mean? I'm, I'm a vegetarian. I'm healthy. And he said, no, I think I think you need to make some changes. Let's let's make some changes. And I I um, started to kind of eat more green vegetables, kind of just bringing a bit more of um, the fresh stuff into my diet. And I started to notice a change. And I thought, well, this is great. You know, um, my menstrual cycle started to regulate. And once again, I just put it to the back of my mind. But there were some niggles still going on in my body. And I had um, a lot of pain um every month that still didn't go away you know even sex was painful and I just put it to the back of my mind and Daniel and I had a lot of frustrations in our life he had a business and we kind of just decided that we wanted a big change um I by that time I had reached 40 and we just decided that that's it. We need to make a change in our life. Maybe that's what, what needs to happen. And we decided to, um, well, we thought we were going to sell his business, but actually we got a partner involved, which meant that the business could run in the UK and we could then buy a business out in Costa Rica and go and live there. And, and it was like we'd made it. Um, and we moved there and literally immediately our whole life fell apart we thought we'd gone and purchased a dream but it became a nightmare um our business in the uk the business partner stole all our assets um basically robbed us of everything that daniel had built for his entire life and the business in costa rica was basically non-existent. Um, we've later found out that this was quite common down there and that people would kind of make these businesses up. And even when you had all the all the solicitors and all the uh, agreements, the actual local um, lawyers were involved in the scam. So it was basically a scam. We didn't have a business. So we ended up with nothing. And Daniel's very resourceful. He just, um, we actually, it was actually a horse riding business. So another local business heard about um, what had happened and said, hey, look, I need some help. Come and help me. So we went and helped him and he had some issues um, back in, in the States. So he said, look, I actually need some help. Can you run my business? And while I go back to the States, so we, we took over his business and we thought, great, you know, we've got something. Um, once again, there were some niggles with my health and I started to deteriorate quite rapidly. Um, I started to experience a lot of pain in my right side and, and didn't really know what to do. And I didn't really reach out to anybody because 
I hadn't told my family about anything that had gone on because I was so ashamed of, you know, like we'd gone on to live the dream, but it became this nightmare. And I was so ashamed. I just thought, I, I can't tell anybody, you know, my parents will worry. And also my dad had also just been diagnosed with cancer. So I thought, I'm not going to let my mum know anything. And I just kept it. Um, I actually became very seriously ill. Um, I had a mental breakdown, I had a physical breakdown, and I couldn't get out of bed. Um, when we're talking about bed, we actually were living in a stable, in a tent, and because that's all we had, that's all we had to live with. Um, and we had this, uh, Daniel again was just looking for something, somewhere where we could live to kind of have a proper roof over our heads. And this lady said, you know, I need some help. Um, you know, I'm going to have to go to the States. Can you look after my place? I went there and I literally collapsed. Um, I didn't get out of bed for a month. I was so ill. I was so scared because I didn't actually know what was wrong with me. I had all sorts of things that are going through my head. What is wrong? Um, we couldn't actually get me on a plane because I was that ill. So Daniel actually um, started just asking around, like, what can I do to help Juliet? She's in so much pain. She's the, the, low, the closest hospital was 100 kilometers away. So it really wasn't possible to go. So he just used he used to be walking up and down the beach. And there was this funny fruit they call the stinky fruit. And they said it was noni. And he's, they, a lot of people said, you know, this fruit's got some amazing properties. And he thought, well, I'm just going to do whatever I can. So he started making me these drinks with this noni. And I actually started to pick up. And I got well enough to get back on a plane. This fruit is amazing. It, it just, um, it handles bacteria in the body and um, they, they use it out sort of in the jungle in the Caribbean, it's quite well known. So I got back to the UK and the doctors could not find what was wrong with me. They were convinced I had a tropical disease um, and they eventually found that I had a huge infection in my womb, in my fallopian tubes. They wanted to do surgery there and then, but they said, you're so ill, we can't do that. Um, there's so much threat to you because you've, you've got such an infection in your body. We're gonna see if we can do externally and drain it, and they did. I went back for further tests once I actually eventually got out of hospital and the consultant, just looked at me and he just said, uh, you're 41, you've had children, right? And I said, no, it's never happened. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. And he said, well, your chances of ever having children, you're never gonna have them naturally. And he said, I'm just gonna put you on a surgery list because it's a mess. You know, um, I've seen the scans, I've seen what's been going on down there and it's a mess and it, and I want to put you on the surgery list. By that point, I kind of was so, I'd been through so much that I thought, well, actually, maybe that's just the best option for me. But there was still this niggle in the back of my mind, you know, what about, what, what about having children? What do you want to do? Like, 
I really wanted to to have a family with Daniel, but I I didn't know like what what my options were. Um, and because of all my training, I thought, you know what, that maybe there's something I can do. So, and I was a bit ashamed in a way that I'd kind of put my training to the back of my mind. And I thought, no, it's time to get all my books out again. It's time to delve into that and see what's what's been going on. So I delved right in. Daniel and I really looked into all the patterns in Chinese medicine of what goes on in, in a woman's body in, in like the menstrual cycle. And I started to do some work. Um, I started to get my um, I started to get my diet sorted. It kind of been all over the place for the last sort of you know five years. I started to get my diet sorted, and I started to kind of build myself back up, um, sort of mentally and physically because I was at rock bottom, and I thought it's just time to just build myself back up, and. Unfortunately, at that point, my father died and Daniel and I were not in a good place either. Um, he, he had to go back to Costa Rica, so actually some of our animals were out there. And we kind of hit a point where do we have a future together or not? We weren't really speaking much. Um, so it kind of put a bit of a, it was, a, it was like, where do we go from here? And we had a lot of conversations over Skype. And um, I said to him, I'm going to come back to Costa Rica and I need, to, I need to get my animals back and I need to see if we've got something left. And when we got back together, we had a lot of long talks and realised, you know, we do have something together. We've just been through a lot. And so we started to <laughs> rebuild our lives and focusing what we discovered that we we just been focusing so much on like the pursuit of success and forgot like really what was important to us. So we started to piece things together and we decided to write a book based on the uh, Chinese five elements. Um, which is the theory based around where what I was looking at in my uh, in my infertility journey and we sat and we wrote a book and then my mum then told me she'd got cancer so I said look I I think I need to go back to the UK and I really don't think I've got a life out in Costa Rica so um, and Daniel said I'm going to come back with you we're going to get our animals back on a plane I'm going to come back we got back to the UK and then I was met with my mum. My mum's OK. She's managed to have treatment and go through um, the cancer treatment. But she kept she kept on at me because I was actually still in a lot of pain. She kept saying to me, you need to have the surgery. And um, <laughs> it's my little girl. <laughs> And I was getting very upset because she was actually pressuring me a lot about having surgery. And 
the letters kept coming and I kept putting it off. And then Daniel, when Daniel came back to the UK, he saw how distressed and upset I was about, I didn't want to go and have surgery. And I made the decision. I said, right, that's it. I am not going to have the surgery. I'm going to see if I can just sort this pain out. You know, I kept going to A&E, you know, almost every month in so much pain. And it, it kind of it transpired that I kept having burst cysts um, that were, you know, ovarian cysts. So I just said, I'm going to, I'm just going to sort the pain out. So I really, really started to delve in deep. And I also got a lot of help, outside help, because I thought there must be something that I'm missing here that I can't see. So I got some outside help and I worked with a couple in Canada who did some really, um, who taught actually both Daniel and I to do some um, sort of almost like distant healing. And um, I started to feel much better. I started to feel kind of back to myself. And Daniel and I went to a family wedding in the August uh, and this was in 2019 and it was a family wedding of Daniel's his ex-girlfriend was there and he she had a baby and we both felt okay we just had sort of thought whatever our path is it will be whatever will be will be and we felt like we were back together um one month later we conceived Lyra and I was age 44 and um, I gave birth to her age 45. And I just, I'm actually grateful for the journey that I went on because I actually now feel like I'm much more aligned with myself and we have created a life that actually works for our family rather than the life that we had, which would never have worked. And when I think back, I used to have these thoughts of when Daniel and I were running Daniel's business of how am I going to have children? How am I going to fit children into this life? So it was almost like it all happened for me to change, for me to align with me and, you know, what I really needed to do in life. And um, I am actually glad I went through the process at the time I wasn't. Um, but I'm glad, you know, that I went through it. So that's our story. <laughs> you know, and I think most people will agree the times that we learn and grow the most are those times when we have the most to overcome. I think our, our greatest trials can be our greatest teachers. Yeah, yeah. So definitely, definitely taught me a lot. So and and always love hearing cases where being told you'll never have children and there you are with the sweet yeah. little one <laughs> <laughs> and um so along this journey it sounds like you took what you had studied before and yes. then additional research yeah on, yeah on i think what, what we hit upon was the doctors were telling me like mechanically that things were wrong. But when Daniel and I researched a lot, you know, we researched a lot more into it. We kind of, we discovered that 
a lot of the way in which we live in society now is creating what we've called modern infertility. And the doctors are actually telling women, you know, or, or women are kind of thinking, I've got no options. Um, but there's a lot we can do because where, as when I delved in deep, uh, one of the patterns in, in, is well, one of the elements that are out of balance is the water element. The water element is, uh, is all about stress. And stress affects fertility massively. And the way in which we live our lives affects fertility. So we realize that you have to remove a lot of the stress. And obviously you can't remove stress from, from your life completely, but we learned some really great tools that can break through and break the habit of stress in that moment. Um, and that was really key for me because I've always been very stressed and anxious and suffered from depression. So when we actually learned those tools, it was it was knocking the stress on the head in the moment and breaking breaking the kind of the cycles that I I was getting locked into. Um, and we also discovered there were some natural herbs that could help your body adapt to stress help your body um kind of deal with stress in that moment um so those were some key factors um and and the way in which i learned that a way in which a lot of entrepreneurial women um how we live our lives um is affecting uh how our bodies work I, I want to, that's what I wanted to ask you about. You mentioned that earlier, that the way we live our modern lives causes infertility. And then you mentioned, is it the fast pace? What, what, and the stress? So, yeah, we broke it down into kind of some key areas. So the one is, one is stress and stress um, shuts down. So if I just kind of, speak it in very simple terms when we're in stress we're in fight or flight and our body um is running the adrenals and the cortisol and when it does that the, the all the hormone signals that come from the um pituitary gland it kind of shuts off all the other natural hormone signals that are happening so it shuts off our digestion and it shuts off our reproduction. It, it, it stops those signals um, from going. So it's almost, it, it's the body's saying, we have to survive right now. Uh, so we're not gonna focus on reproduction or so much um, our digestion. Um, so it actually shuts, shuts those hormones down. And over long periods of time, it's shutting it down on a long period of time. That so makes, that's the one part. Yeah, that makes sense. The other part is our diet and our lifestyle um, builds up. Um, so I discovered that I was experiencing um, what 
uh, what, what the doctors call them, what's kind of known is what's called estrogen dominance, which means that your body is building up excess estrogen. And the symptoms that I was experiencing was the, um, the fact that I had estrogen dominance. The doctors never told me this. They never really said how to deal with it. And you can actually manage it through your diet. Um, and it's, it's not a strict diet. It's just knowing where the excess estrogen lives. We also have in our modern lives a lot of plastics and a lot of toxins. And that builds up what's called exenoestrogens in the body. Um, and there are studies now that are saying these exenoestrogens contribute to some forms of breast cancer as well. Um, so it's uh, th this was a protocol that I actually uh, got from a doctor who was actually helping um, somebody uh, that I knew um, with um, breast cancer. And I then got this protocol and saw that he was he was saying in the protocol, you must remove all these what called exenoestrogens, which is basically um, the plastics, um, the parabens, all the toxin, all the sort of toxic parts of maybe the environmental things that we have in our home or the skincare. So it's really important to have natural skincare, really important to not have too much plastic wrappers on your food. Um, it can be, you know, it can be managed. You don't have to kind of throw it all out and, and be, you know, totally like strict, but it's the way in which the estrogen built, that the estrogen um, gets distributed through the body is through the liver. It gets... Um, transformed through the liver and then excreted through the bowel so if you do suffer from um you know any form of digestive issues and your bowel is compromised the excess estrogen is not leaving the body so therefore it's building up and the body doesn't then build more progesterone because we need progesterone when we um when we become pregnant to um it helps embed the embryo but the the estrogen, the, the progesterone doesn't sort of get produced more. So that there's a, a there's a basic level and there's too much estrogen and there won't be enough progesterone to actually embed that embryo. So that was one massive thing that I had had been dealing with for years and didn't know and nobody told me until I actually discovered. And work and kind of worked it all out and worked out what I needed to do. You know, um, for a lot of couples, you know, getting pregnant is so simple. And now, as you explain it, it is really very complicated. Yeah, we like to say it's an art and a science. <laughs> <laughs> now, you mentioned the plastic food wrappers. I had never, can you elaborate on that? I had not realized. So, is there a certain type of wrapper that's better or um, it's it's really just any kind of plastic um it's what happens is it's the um it it leaches into the food so as it's in contact with the food 
it leaches in. So like plastic, so if people are buying water um, in a plastic bottle, say on a daily basis, they want to have spring water or, or you know, good water, actually that's all being leached into the water, the plastic. Um, and of, obviously a lot of our food now comes in plastic wrappers, oh, you know, yeah. everything. I was trying to mentally figuring what food can we buy that doesn't come. Yeah, plastic. you can't, you know, like I say, I'm not totally over the top with it because for one reason I've had eating disorders. So if anybody says to me diet or restriction, I'm like, whoa, that doesn't work for me. So you just have to allow the body. So we, the, the protocol that we use is, is called alkalizing. And you test your alkalinity every day. And if you know that your body is at 7.36, your body can get rid of the toxins. The, the body can then, you know, it all leaves the body um, and it's able to do that. It, what happens when you are not alkaline, the acidity builds up and it affects these cells. So... And a lot of people are saying, well, you know, the doctor might have said my eggs are bad or something. Well, eggs are cells. So you just you just need to know how to get your body into a good place. And it's and, I, you know, it's not something that I would teach people to say, oh, just do this to get pregnant. You know, it's important that you do this um, as you get older to be healthy. Um, because you're more healthy and vital as you go into your 40s and 50s so you know it's I'm teaching people that this protocol will continue you know for your longevity and your health um yeah yeah and I'm also thinking too of oh a century or so ago when our great-grandparents made all of the food they grew their own vegetables ate them fresh out of the garden bake their own bread and just put a towel over it mm. <laughs> to, you know, to keep it more, yeah. you know, and, and you're right. Our modern way of living has changed so much. Mm. And it's just, it's a buildup of everything that's contributing to our, to, to compromise the reproductive system. Um, and, and, you know, there are a lot of things you can do, but the doctors don't really, um, they don't know how that that's, that's why they don't know. Don't tell you, they don't know how. I, I, um, don't know, I don't know how it is in the UK, but in the United States, the majority of their training is pharmaceutical. They can yeah. tell you all about drugs and medication but I don't think they get much training at all no. on nutrition or prevention. No, they get um, the kind of, you know, we did a lot of research um, and they get like six hours of nutritional training in their whole, you know, Years. in their whole um, training. So, you know, people go to the doctor and say, well, I need help. Well, the doctor doesn't know how to help um yeah. so you know you know i mean the doctor saved my life so i'm not anti the doctors no, no. i'm just saying that they just didn't know how to help well 
it, 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 to me, it goes back to the who is fully responsible for your health. Yeah. And and it's fine to take make, take advantage of the knowledge that other people have, but just like you and Daniel did your own research. Yeah, yeah, we we did a lot, you know. But it, it but there was a lot of the research that we did was based on a lot of the knowledge we already had. We just had to revisit it because we'd forgotten about it and kind of you know we'd gone on this kind of five-year kind of um uh, kind of dream state almost of like the pursuit of success and kind of forgotten some of our grassroots forgotten some of the yes. things that you know we trained and that we were doing um in the pursuit of something else um i love hearing how when you were so critically sick a month you could not get out and and Daniel, oh, he sounds like an amazing human being. He, he is. is there not only keeping everything running and everything going, but finding something to help you and, and fixing you those special dreams yeah. that, wow. I mean, it was, it had its challenges because, you know, the masculine wants to fix. So yes, yes. he wanted to find a way to completely get me well. And he kept getting frustrated because he was like, well, you're not quite 100%, you know. And obviously there was no way because my body, you know, had a massive infection. But he got me well enough to get on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> so he was able to do that. Um but that had its challenges too, you know, being, oh, he sure. wanted to completely fix me, um, but he wasn't able. Um, but he was definitely instrumental in saying, look, let's not go with the surgery, you know, let's, let's find another way, let's see what we can do, you know, um, and, you know, I, I am still pain free, you know, I, I managed to become pain-free and I am still pain-free so um I get the odd niggle um if I really really overdo it on my right side and it that's just scar tissue that kind of pulls a little bit um yeah. but that's it well and I'm also thinking what this did for your relationship you know sometimes when you go through a severe trial like this and you come to the point where you're saying do we have a future is our mm. i i heard once that it's it's a cycle there's the honeymoon you fall in love everything's perfect then you begin to notice you know that's not quite perfect there's a few flaws problems it gets aggravating and then when you get to the point you do your clearest thinking when you're analyzing do I stay or do I go? What are the mm. advantages? What are the disadvantages? And it sounds like you went through that maybe more than once. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. We, I remember thinking, um, there was a time when we were sitting in the jungle, we'd been writing the book and it kind of, our relationship was still kind of all over the place. And Daniel just said to me, you know what? You just might as well go back to the UK. I'll stay here and, and that's it. Oh. And, you know, I remember thinking I had worked really 
hard on myself to go before I got with Daniel to attract the right guy because I'd been in a 15 year relationship that wasn't right so Uh I knew I knew I wanted to be with this person I thought wow that's gonna be if I have to do that process again you know there's too much at stake here and it wasn't that we didn't love each other it was just that we couldn't find that spark that we initially had yeah. And one of the things that we learned was um, that we all have a masculine and feminine energy. And as I started to go more into my femininity, the spark started to return. And what had happened was I was more masculine because I was focusing more on business and I'd forgotten kind of my femininity. And when I think back to the firefighting days, the niggles that I had was a part of me saying, you've lost your femininity. You're trying to compete with these men and you've lost that femininity. And that's one of the key aspects to what I see as conceiving as well, being able to know how to go into that femininity and, you know, what we call it, we dance in and out of masculine and feminine energy all day, but primarily I now stay in my femininity, but I I had this belief, and this is one of the fundamental parts of my healing on my journey. I had this belief that if I was to be, feminine that would be weak or I would be like my mom who lost her identity and one of my greatest fears was to lose my identity becoming a mom so the process you know all of what we learned was I discovered how to be in my femininity but stay kind of in my power and not lose myself and I say to people now I actually found myself on this journey you know I feel so much more content in myself being a mum now than you know 10 years ago I love being a mum I love that femininity I love it you know I I realized that there's a mass amount of power and we actually when I'm in that that brings the spark back to the relationship because there's this polarity that happens. Daniel can be in his masculine and I can be in my feminine and that's where the spark. So when we mm-hmm. first begin a relationship, that's why there's all that spark because we're in a polarity yeah. and that's when this spark goes, we lose the polarity. So we know how to bring that back and um and connect you know with our kind of authentic selves you know um so that that was another big part of my journey kind of what did motherhood mean to me what does that actually mean what does it look like mm-hmm. um and that's partly what we teach women now like what what does it really look like for you not what society says what's it going to look like for you Start making those changes now. Don't wait, um, you know, for you to have the family because when you have children, you're going to get a whole new set of challenges. (laughs) Yes, yes. The time to sort it all out is before. 
Yeah. Well, what is the name of the book that you wrote together? That just sounds like it's fascinating. Yeah, that's um. So we may change the name of the book um because we haven't really we haven't really uh, kind of um, put it out there very much because it we kind of thought it was a bit basic. Um, but it was about like um, the title was you know how to deal with the conflict in relationships and an understanding so it was it's based on the elements in chinese medicine and how we all have a dominant element and if you can understand that element in your partner and work out what their needs are then it it reduces the conflict um in relationships so um we're actually going to start kind of putting it out there a bit more because it was kind of left on the kind of the bookshelf and just yeah. forgotten about. Uh -huh. um, a project to be finished. Yeah, yeah, a proper project to be finished. <laughs> awesome. Okay, now talk about the services. How do you help couples now? And I'm assuming you do work with couples, right? We do. I mean, primarily we work um, with the with the women because primarily there's uh we help we help the the women kind of um navigate the journey um the you know with they the men do come in um but you know primarily it, it's the women that we work with um so we have created a course that people can just buy you know and work through it self-paced um, we also have a course where um, you can work through it and we will do group coaching to help you really make sure you implement all the bits and pieces in the course. Um, but we also just have like a, a free like fertility secrets, you know, the different parts that I've talked about, how to implement those parts and um you know what you can do now you know it and it and a very easy kind of following like what's happening in your body why is it happening what you can do about it and how to start changing a little bit of your lifestyle because your lifestyle there's nothing wrong with your lifestyle but it's how you can just make some shifts and changes um yes and it's interesting, you talked about understanding what's going on in your body. I think that's part of our modern life is we're becoming out of touch with our bodies. We're not really, like practices like yoga that, that advocate that mind-body connection. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, for me, I felt like such a fraud for a long time because, it, you know, with my training, it was... I was trained to listen to my body. I was trained to listen to other people's bodies. And because I'd forgotten it, I felt such a fraud that all this stuff I know, and I was ignoring my own body signals. I just ignored them for so long that it got so bad that, you know, it, I nearly died as a consequence. So um, I do, we do, we do, we do teach you know, women just how to just start listening to those signals because the body is telling them something, you know, 
they get frustrated that they can't conceive or that the you know and the worst thing is that they're focusing on their ticking body clock and so they're in the head and I always say to women you don't conceive in your head you conceive in your you know you 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 conceive in your womb so we we teach lots of little quick tips on get out of your head get into your body yes and and when we talk about stress granted there is stress in life it's unavoidable but i think quite often we put stress on ourselves we make things worse we worry about things we don't need to worry about yeah we try to control something that's out of our control yeah yeah and society you know you know my mum's generation you know 30 was old to have children you know and now you the the women are getting a lot of pressure like well you know you haven't had children yet or you've left it a bit late so there's all this pressure and that puts a stress for them to I must get it done I must get it done I must get it done you know and and that's that's the the problem that they're facing yeah and then you Um, mentioned too the masculine energy you know we Women feel like I've got to, I've got to compete. I've got to be better. And yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, and, you know, women in the workplace can actually be, um, you know, I, I, I don't disregard men, but we can actually be better than a man in a workplace because of the way in which we can multitask. Mm-hmm. And we naturally meant to multitask to be mothers you know that's that's how we can be mothers so so we've we've become really good in the workplace but unfortunately we've forgotten um that femininity and to compete in the masculine world the workplace action is a masculine um action Mm -hmm. so we just need to know how to when we finish work how to go into the femininity, how to surrender to that femininity and how to switch out of the gear. Because often we have clients who say, oh, all we do is argue, we clash. And, you know, and I say, well, you need to not treat your husband like a work colleague. <laughs> you need to treat <laughs> him like your husband. So we talk about like shifting gears. When you come home from work or you finish work, shift gears, go into your femininity, you know change your clothes, do something that makes you feel that yeah. you're back in your femininity. Well, and, and I wonder, is that really an accurate perception if we view feminine as weak? I see strength in femininity. Yeah, definitely. I think the real femininity, I think well, I had this belief that I would be weak somehow. Uh-huh. But the feminine is very strong. You know, we can birth children. And I think there must have been, I think probably like in my family, there was some kind of sense that the feminine was was weak. Yeah. Sometimes it's cultural. Yeah. That and nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, and, and I think what happens is we try to, become more masculine to kind of hide that because we think that the feminine is somehow maybe culturally seen as weak yeah 
And but when, yeah. And now, you, and now you can teach your daughter this. You can teach her. It is glorious to be a woman. Women yes. have power. Women have so much to give. Absolutely. You know, that that's win-win women. That's what we're about. We want to provide this platform for all women to learn from each other, to share, to lift each other, to unite. And yeah. Absolutely. There's, there's a lot of power there. There's there's a lot of power, a lot of power. And I think the world is shifting um, to allow women to be more in their femininity and that power. Um, I think I think perhaps in the UK we have this perception of women because we had a prime minister in the 80s, Margaret Thatcher. I remember her. She, she was she was she was this version um, of of a of a woman. But actually, you know, and, and also we have a queen too. Um, so I think there's maybe in the UK we have this cultural thing about women too, because we've had a female prime minister and we have a queen. So I think there's there's that part in the UK there, kind of what what that looks like. And what we've been brought up to believe what that looks like too yes yes well i i just wondered if it will daniel have a minute to pop on and add yes definitely daniel 10 more minutes i'd love to hear a little right. bit from him. Let's and then i want to make sure we hear how people can contact you yeah let's talk to daniel i will um go and be with lyra <laughs> <laughs> and daniel will take over and Anne. Parents tag team. This is uh, we are. That's this demonstration. <laughs> we passed the baton. <laughs> Thank you, Juliet. You're welcome. I'll come back at the end. Okay. Okay, Daniel. Man, the man's perspective. I, I loved hearing that story. Oh wow. Quite a journey. It was. It was quite a journey, Emily. Yeah. And. You know, we often think of, oh, infertility is such a trial for a woman, but yeah. it is for a man too. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, do you want me just to tell me my, my perspective from a man's that perspective? That would be wonderful, yes. Um, I mean, up until I met Juliet, <clears throat> I kind of put kids to the back of my mind and never really thought about having kids. I always joked about having triplets with my ex and she was like, no, 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 like, like it was off not going to happen and I'd always kind of I, I was building businesses and always like too busy for kids and then I kind of known Juliet and she she was married and, and then that kind of um, ended and, and we hadn't seen each other in years and and then my relationship ended and we somehow started hanging out I think I went to her for shiatsu because I was burning out my body was tired um started hanging out and then um, we got together, got together quite quickly. It was about six weeks of just hanging out. And um, it was really quick, really quickly into the relationship. I was like, you're the one I want to have kids with. Like, I've known you for years and I've admired you from afar as, you know, as friends. And it, it's you, you're the, you're the one I have kids with. And she was just like, oh, that's really nice. But I've never been able to have kids. And they told me I can't. And I was like, oh, OK, like kind of not the wind out of my sails, but I was like, well, that's just a challenge. Like, I'm not going to give up, you know, that's just a little challenge. Um, 
And I guess it wasn't until kind of after five years when we've been trying and trying and it kind of kept, we kept kind of putting it back to the back of our minds and we were obviously busy in business together, both being men in the relationship and both running that masculine energy to really build the business. Um, and it wasn't until Juliet got really sick in the jungle um, and she had the major infection in her fallopian tubes that I was like, maybe we are never going to have kids. You know, I was, I'm always up for a challenge. So if someone says no, it's usually like not right now, you know, but we'll get there. And it was for the first time I really saw my wife really sick, close to death and thinking like, perhaps I did this to her, you know, pushing her for a baby and, and pushing her and pushing her. And like, I might, A, I might not have a wife, and I might not never have kids either. I might never get to leave a legacy behind, you know? And like when your wife is like hanging by a thread and if I'm thinking I might not leave a legacy, it, it really, it really impacts a guy, you know, it really impacts a man to think, well, this, this could be it. This could be the end of my legacy. This could be the end of my wife. Um, and that really affected me on a mental level, I think at the time, I, I was burnt out anyway. Juliet was not very well. And yeah, just for me, just my world came crashing down um, at that time, just kind of thinking this could be it, you know, this could be it. Luckily it wasn't. <laughs> um, luckily it wasn't. Didn't care for her. I think, you're, yeah. I think you're, you need to be cloned. <laughs> Well, I can't take all the credit. I have to I have to give credit to this fruit we found in the jungle, okay? And this fruit I've been throwing away for months. We were running an eco lodge at the time. And this stinky fruit, I kept picking it up every day, getting it off the pass so, so the clients couldn't smell it, throwing it as far in the jungle as possible because it absolutely stunk of cheese, okay? Juliet was getting sicker and sicker every day. And I was researching, you know, what we could do with with jungle medicines and i came across this noni fruit and then the next morning i'm like hang on that's the that's the fruit i've been throwing in the jungle for the last <laughs> month or so trying to get rid of it um found a recipe and it's like now you need to kind of harvest it make the juice mix it with some lime and have a shot every morning and so i started doing that for juliet and after about seven to ten days like she went from gray to like the color coming back in her face oh, wonderful and then she was like getting out of bed and she was like wanting to go down the beach and kind of be a bit more animated because she was not animated until she was gray um and this fruit got her well enough to get her back on a plane back to the uk yeah. back to the doctor who, who like wonderful. misdiagnosed her for a while and then and then found this giant infection yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we, we just have a few minutes left i want to make sure that you Juliet talked about the services you offer, the book you two started writing together. So you tell us the best way to contact you. Best way to contact us is um, you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. We've got a Facebook page called The Non-Invasive Method. So that's T-H-E-N-O-N-I-N-V-A-S-I-V-E-M-E. T-H-O-D, the non-invasive method. We've got a private Facebook group. We share free tools, free tips, free training, loads of resources in there. You've got Juliet's preconception blueprint, her preconception blueprint training, her cheat sheet, any questions, 
um, you need answered, you can get answered in there. If you're feeling stuck in your fertility journey, that's the place to go because there's a community there of women who are struggling or in a similar place to you. So there's loads of resources in there. Um, Facebook page, again, the non-invasive method. Um, and on Instagram, I think we're something different. I think we're um, women over 35 trying to, struggling to conceive. And you're in on LinkedIn, Daniel and Juliet Owen Nettle. Yeah. That's where I found you. And how can they get, can they get that fertility cheat sheet? How can they get that? What's so what I'll do, Emily, if it's okay with you, is um, it'll be in our Facebook group. So if you go to the non-invasive method, it'll be in there. I'll make sure it's pinned to the top. Um, and we've got a one pager that we've developed. So everything we think you need to do. And there's videos, there's visualizations, how to alkalize, how to help your mindset, how to create um, a new story. So a lot of us are carrying around an old story, you know, the old story and the doctor's kind of driven it in like, that's your, that's you, you're done. And we're like, okay, let's take that old story. Let's disintegrate it. Let's create a new story. So I've got a one page that I'd love to share with you. Um, perhaps you can share it with um, anyone watching that needs our help. Or just reach out to us, send us an email. Um, Daniel and Juliet, 2020 at gmail.com. We'd, we'd love to hear from you guys. Thank you so much for sharing sure. this. I guess Juliet's busy with the little one. And, you know, it's it's interesting. We, we recorded this because time zone difference. This is her bedtime and she can tell something's up, can't she? Absolutely. She's, <laughs> she's like, you're not getting anything past me, but this is our life as well. This is how we do our life. We kind of dance in and out. Um, if Juliet's needed in the business, you know, she'll jump in for an hour. I'll take care of Lyra um, and vice versa. We have to kind of dance in between roles. It's just how we, it's just how we roll. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. And take care. So that's a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time to um, speak to us, interview oh, us. There they um, both are. What a, what a beautiful couple you make. She's finally oh. off to sleep, Emily. <laughs> yes. All right. So for listeners, join us again next week at the same time. We'll have links to share to contact Daniel and Juliet. Amazing. And I'll make sure I share the one pager because it's it's incredible. So thank you, yes. Emily. Yes. That's wonderful. All right. Take care for now. See you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.